Hello and welcome to Better Under Pressure. I'm Sarah Milne-Rowe, author of The Shed Method and founder of Coaching Impact. And in this podcast, I talk to leaders from all walks of life about being better under pressure and using pressure for better. I want to explore how we handle pressure in a world that is becoming more and more complex, the impact that that pressure has on our ability to perform at our best and what we do to be better under pressure. And the only way I was able to deal with that was to, to, to walk away um, and walk away from something I loved. Uh, and, I, and I made a decision, I, I literally made a decision between a job I loved that was going to be have a really significant financial outcome for me or my sanity. And I chose sanity. Today, I'm talking to Julie Harris who has over 30 years experience of working in both B2C and B2B content and tech platform organizations. An accomplished media, marketplace and subscription business specialist, Julie has led multidiscipline teams, has a wealth of international experience, including living and working in Asia, and positively thrives in high pressure, complex environments, particularly in private equity owned businesses. Her executive roles include global CEO of WGSN Group, the world's leading fashion trend forecaster, as well as immediate media and upper street events. Currently, Julie is CEO of Comparison Technologies, a private equity-backed comparison and customer acquisition platform business. She's built a strong reputation as a strategic and cultural transformation expert, exceeding revenue and profit targets, successfully integrating acquisitions, as well as driving significant shareholder value. She's also been a non-executive director on the board of which the consumer champions since 2015. In our conversation, she shares the importance of punctuating the start and end of her week, the three questions she asks her team to stay connected during pressure, and what she learned when she lost her parents within three days of each other. Julie, thank you so much for joining me to talk about pressure. I am so excited about this conversation. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me. And I've been listening to some of your other podcasts you've been doing um, on this subject. and It's been fascinating. So I'm excited to have a chat. Good. Well, me too. So let's start with the question of when, Julie, do you remember experiencing pressure? I think I think probably quite early on in primary school, actually. And um, I was kind of reflecting on this, having listened to your other podcasters and you know, that pressure was all mine. It, you know, it was, I put that pressure on myself. My parents never, I don't remember my parents ever putting pressure on me, certainly not around mm. school or academia. So, um, but I can remember quite early on in, in primary school, I loved writing. I loved, I've always loved words. And um, I can remember something I'd written being read out in assembly and, and, you know, sort of being super proud of that. But my sort of reaction was, right okay how can I get something else read out in assembly and you know sort of what else can I do to sort of put my head above the parapet for people to kind of see me and that was everything from you know I really want to be in the choir and I am utterly determined to play Mary in the nativity play no other part was going to be good enough um and so I think you know that that I remember the pressure but the pressure was coming from me um, not anyone else, really. not from my teachers, not from my parents, just me to want to sort of, I don't, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest. I think I wanted to make my parents proud, but I think I sort of wanted to be proud of myself as well. Yes. Um, and that that's 
probably been a constant, to be honest. Um, yes. Wanting to be proud of, of myself as much as making other people proud of me. And I think what's interesting about what you're saying there is that the pressure that you're describing, even in primary school, there was a massive um, benefit from that pressure. Now, it feels like a very positive pressure. You know, if I, I write something, I can read it out in front of people and I, and I feel good about that because it's been recognised. Oh, can I have some more? So it yeah. feels like the pressure has, has been like a, a strong start, strong yeah. start to pressure for you, uh, which enabled you to want more of it. Yeah, and I think my, you know, interestingly, my, my relationship with pressure is generally positive. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I am better under pressure uh, and probably always have been. And for me, it's quite an energizing and galvanizing force. Yes. Um, and, you know, after years of sort of working with pressure, I now consciously choose to channel it positively um, <laughs> where I can. Uh, I think I've, I've learned about myself that the opposite of pressure uh, actually can mean underperformance for me. So, you know, a, a level of pressure I find good and healthy. Now, clearly, if it goes too far, it can, it can move into unhealthy territory. But I think I've always had quite a, quite a healthy relationship with pressure, actually. Uh, and part of that has been putting it on myself to move myself forward mm. um, rather than other people putting the pressure on me, although that has been the case over the years, but actually uh, I'm quite happy to put pressure on myself at the right times to get myself moving. So let's dig into that a bit. How on earth do you do that? How do you, how do you put, so, so I'm hearing that actually, if you don't have enough of it, it doesn't really excite you and you certainly don't excel. So yeah. therefore you create it a little bit and maybe that's what you were doing way back <laughs> you know maybe the the essence in here is you know how to produce enough of it for it to be galvanizing and allow you to perform at your best so how do you do that how do you place positive pressure because I think there's so many conversations I've had Julie where people are excellent and I am actually at <laughs> creating unhelpful pressure for myself uh as well as you know positive pressure it's it's a hard hard um, it's an important difference, I think, and it's a hard journey to find out when it tips into positive and when it tips into negative. But how do you make sure that you have it in balance like that, or it's or it's galvanizing enough? What do you do? I, I I quite often think, try and think. Well, what you know, sort of with the end in mind. What am I trying to do here? What am I trying to achieve here? And and therefore channel it into for me it's very much about having a plan so hmm. pressure for me is relieved somewhat when I have got my head straight around a plan so quite often I'll be thinking okay what what are the outcomes I'm trying to get to here or what do we need to do and therefore and and I, I'll feel the pressure building okay that's quite a lot you know we've got a lot to do here or not but actually not sure how I'm going to do that and then for me, it's about, okay, let's just have a think about this, get a whiteboard out or you know, get a piece of paper out and start planning so that I can feel a positive journey to that pressure. Okay. Um, as opposed to, I mean, look, I'm as good as anyone at catastrophizing in the middle of the night and, and sort of letting pressure 
sort of get in the way, but I now consciously try and get myself out of my head and into doing something. And, and that can be anything from, I mean, I do like to get a plan because for me that really helps. Um, but sometimes it's just taking a breath and, you know, sort of actually physically doing some breathing exercises or grounding myself to say, okay, you know, I, how can I use this pressure mm-hmm. or good as opposed to l- letting my head explode? And look, I, I definitely don't, that doesn't always work. Uh, and there are plenty of times when it's felt like my head is exploding, but I think I've learned over time that I can choose how I deal with pressure and actually it is my choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can take myself out of a situation where I can use that pressure to move myself forward. And that's, and that's up to me, ultimately. Nobody yeah. Else. yeah. So if you were going to be really gritty with the description here, because I know at the moment you're currently in and have been for a while, big pressure. If you were going to tell us, okay, I'm feeling, you said, I can feel like I could catastrophize. I can feel like it's like overwhelming. I can feel, what do you actually do with that feeling? Can you break it down, Julie, to say, right, I'm, first of all, how do you feel it? How do you recognize it? Mm-hmm. And then what are the steps to, to, to make that choice? I hear that there's a plan, but just, can you just walk us through, give us a very specific example. So quite often I'll feel it first of all in sleep, lack of sleep. So I'll be awake in the night, brains yep. whirring away. I think that's a pretty normal thing for, for many of us. You know, sometimes it can feel like quite physical pressure, you know, sort of, you know, actual sort yep. of physical pressure on the body. Yep. Um, when, I, when it's a physical pressure on the body thing, so I can feel my breath quickening or, you know, sometimes I actually feel physical chest pressure. Yeah. Um, yes. I will take myself out into the courtyard, take my shoes off and put my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one o'clock in the morning. I don't tend to do that at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay. It's one o'clock in the morning. I will do the breathe in for eight, breathe okay. out for eight. Um, and, and I do quite often do that in the night if I, if I feel my sort of heart rate racing. I mean, a few, a few years ago, um, you'll know this, Sarah, my, my parents died within three days of each other and it was a pretty dreadful time. And, I, and a, a friend uh, sent me a message and uh, she's an amazing woman. And I sent her a clearly sort of a message back going, Aah! and she sent me this message that said, you are okay. You are going to be okay. Breathe in, breathe out, take your shoes off, walk outside and put your feet on the ground. And that's all the message said. Brilliant. And I literally followed it. I was so distraught. I literally followed it. And, you know, my body just went, okay, I'm, going, I'm connecting my, my body to the ground, mm. calming my brain. And I've used that actually several okay. times in a, in a pressured moment, which is I'm okay. I am okay. Yes. I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Yes. Breathe in, breathe out, connect. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes doing something with your body and physically to sort of calm your mind and, and reconnect your body can be very helpful. Yes. The other thing for me is, you know, I, I know if I'm under pressure, I do need a plan. So, I mean, you, you've, you've 
been on a call with me and talked me through and I'm I'm get up and I'll be writing post-it notes and sticking them on the wall in my office here or you can't see it but in front of me I've got sort of whiteboardy stuff stuck on some cupboards in front of me and I just get a big pen and start to sort of draw draw pictures and and get what's in my head out onto a piece of paper so uh, I think it, it depends whether I'm having a physical reaction or whether I've just got loads of stuff going on in my brain that I just need to get some order into yeah that's such a useful distinction actually isn't it Uh, to have that to recognize that there's that pressure that I can do something with physically and what I love about what your friend sent was it's it's so simple I mean I think in those moments of overwhelm or in those moments of extreme pressure it's that simple instruction to oneself isn't it you are okay we will be okay breathe in breathe out put your feet on the floor there's something terribly reassuring about having a short sharp instruction I think in times of overwhelm yeah and 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 you you mentioned you we're we're going through quite a lot of challenge in our business currently and and you know I'm I'm saying to uh, the, the team to my team just focus on what's in front of us right now. You know, we can only control the controllables. So let's just think about what we can do and the kind of all the external stuff that's happening around us. You know, we, we can't control the war in Ukraine. We can't control the energy crisis, no. but we can control how we respond to this and how we manage our people uh, and how we deal with our customers. So let's not think anything more than three months. What are we doing now? and today and tomorrow in order to to get us through the next quarter and I think it's quite it sort of takes off that sort of how am I solving world peace type thing that you get into which is how am I going to solve this enormous great problem into chunking it down into I can can take the next step actually and and actually I'm now taking that I can take the step after and yes trying to release the pressure valve a bit um, yes in short term I think I think that sort of um, phrase or mantra of you, the bigger the overwhelm, the shorter the horizon, yes, has served me hugely. And I think that's what you're describing here is let's just take it back down to something that we can see, <laughs> even if it's next week. And sometimes it's you know just to lunchtime. Yeah, let's yeah. just get to lunchtime. <laughs> um, can be very helpful. So when you when you talk about planning, Julie, do you like to do that planning when you're in pressure on your own? Or do you like to involve other people in getting that clarity? I usually like to spend a bit of time on my own first to gather my own thoughts and get them into some kind of order so that when I share with other people to get input, I'm doing that in a kind of coherent way. Um, So uh, I think it's a two-step process for me. I I never do it all on my own. but I do usually start with, okay, what do we need here? What do I think? How do I get this in some kind of order so that when I'm explaining the challenge uh, or putting that out, out there, I can, I can bring some clarity to it, which then my team or whoever else I'm talking to can, can help me solve. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like to get my head in order first. Yeah. Yeah. And when other people around you are feeling pressure, how do you lead them through that? And particularly at the moment, I mean, you talked about your business, but how do you do that on a regular? I mean, this isn't this isn't a short term pressure moment for you in your business, is it? Actually, it's 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 quite long term or has increased uh, and become more long term because of the of what's going on in the world. H- how do you lead people through that? 
through that uncertainty and that personal pressure that they may be feeling during it? Well, I think it's important to talk about it. So, you know, saying it out loud, whether it's me saying it or it's them saying, you know, I'm, I'm feeling under pressure on this, you know, um, can you help me or can we talk about it? I think being uh, upfront, you know, pressure is a human condition, right? We're, we all suffer from pressure. So um, I think, you know, being able to talk about it, we, well, well, thanks to the work you've done with us, Sarah, but we start our weekly meeting, our weekly team meeting with three things. And it's a, it's a ritual, which is, how is your shed? out of five um so and that is a check-in on you know how are you kind of physically mentally uh feeling right now and you know some days people go I'm a five I'm feeling really great you know I've I've been for a run this morning had a great night's sleep and others will be I'm a two I was up all night with my baby or not feeling great and actually that is a sort of instant check on okay you know that that how's that person today there are two or there are five. And then we ask the question, what word would you use to describe yourself right in this moment? How are you feeling? Mm. Um, and then the third is, what are you most preoccupied with? Mm. And more often than not, that's a work thing that people describe. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, it's my, fir- my daughter's first day at school and I'm feeling really anxious or, and I'm really preoccupied with, you know, how she's going to do today or, wh- or whatever it is doesn't take very long, but it brings us together as a mm. team sort of personal level. And within a very short space of time, we've shared how we're personally feeling, how we're feeling about the day job and what's on our mind. Yeah. Which means that we can step into that either in our meeting or outside our meeting. It gives me insight into how my team are all feeling, but it gives for each other a, a way of supporting each other through, through the the pressure points so that's been massively helpful and then I just think two things probably massive dose of honesty <laughs> around where we're at so you know um I am an unbelievably optimistic person I believe hugely in positive energy but being Pollyanna and pretending everything's fine doesn't really help so a, a real sort of dose of honesty with, with positive energy and then I think the other thing is have a laugh yeah. No. And if oh, yeah. laughter is a great way of relieving that pressure, you know, kind of taking the, the lid off that that pressure. Um, and you know, you know me well enough, Sarah, to know I I love a laugh, and <laughs> and I just think it's sort of it's good for the soul, it's good for you. So in those high pressure moments, even if it's sort of slightly black comedy, yeah. you know, having a bit of a laugh actually just allows people to let it out, you know, and, yes. and uh, we're all human. And yes. Uh, that's that's so helpful um because I think often you know when you're working with a leader and there's a team around them each individual responds to pressure so differently um what you're describing there is when you can get sort of the tribe together wherever each person is then that's a start at least and as someone who might be you know a one on their shed uh, can feel able to say that knowing that there's the support of the others who might be on a four or a five can lift them on that day yeah helpful yeah. and also not being under pressure to be a five on your shed um you know no so to, true to be able to say actually I am a one and and for that to be okay that I'm a one yeah. and for us you know ask for help or 
support or or even you know kind of just a bit of space actually yes. because I'm a one today. It can be so powerful to create a routine that connects a team in pressure moments. In Julie's case, just three simple questions. I love how she describes the value of investing this time at the start of their leadership meetings. She says it gives her invaluable insight into how the individuals in her team are feeling as humans, as well as give the team invaluable insight into how they can actively support each other. It's so tempting in pressure moments to go faster and to just crack on and get through things. So before I go back to Julie, here's a quick recap. Firstly, they all rate their shed. And by shed, I mean sleep, hydration, exercise and diet. From one to five, five being fully fueled. Then they use one word to describe how they're feeling. And thirdly, they share what's preoccupying them right now. And all these are answered with a massive dose of honesty, with no judgment, and critically, as Julie emphasizes, with the occasional laugh. What's the balance for you, Julie, being the CEO, to be able to be really honest in where you are with pressure? I think, um, you know, as I said, I'm a great believer in positive energy in an organisation, particularly as a leader, and particularly when you're going through tough times. And so... I tend to try and galvanize that pressure into positive energy. So uh, I won't sort of, you know, spend loads of time saying to my team, I'm feeling really dreadful about this and I haven't had any sleep and my heart's pounding and all that kind of thing. I, I don't tend to share on that level because I don't find it helpful to myself. Okay. As much as I'm not, I'm not sure how helpful it is to, uh, my team but I am very honest around where we are and what the challenges are and when I don't really know the answer um, or I need help or you know and I'll very happily say and I'm missing you know I'm not sleeping that well right now because I've got a lot going on in my head I, I think that level of honesty is important me bringing all my sort of internal machinations and you know, and dumping them on the table for the team, I'm not sure helps that much for them or me. Mm. And actually, I think in, in a funny way, by sort of oversharing on my own sort of personal feelings, it puts more pressure on me. Okay. You know, I, I find that puts more pressure on me. I, I prefer to be open and honest, but channel it in a way that's helpful for me and them. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. So where do you get your source of strength in those moments outside of work? Um, look, you know, a massive support from family and friends. I've got, you know, I'm, I feel very blessed that I've got such a great network, particularly of female friends who I tap into at different moments. You know, whether that's I've got an amazing group of girlfriends that I've been on retreats with, some of who you know, um, other CEOs who I can phone up, you know, particularly during COVID, I was phoning up going, God, are you doing this? And are you finding this? And, you know, sort of great support from that. And also just having a, you know, kind of making sure uh, in the hours outside work and work often seeps into weekends and things is that there's, you know, there's good family and friend time, there's downtime, 
I exercise. I'm, I do four crazy soul cycle classes a week. I do one at 7am in the morning on a Monday and I do one at 6.30pm on a Friday. And mm. that punctuates my beginning and end of my work week. Um, and that for me is quite important. I do it with my husband. My daughter is often teaching the class. So it, it's sort of, it's nourishing in many ways. Kind of, It's physically good for me, but it's also, you know, kind of a dark room where I can sort of, you know, get some things straight in my head. I can be proud of my daughter up on the podium teaching my husband's on the bike down the way. So, you know, things like that feed me um, and, uh, you know, and, and kind of help me uh, to get the downtime that I need and the, the headspace, I think, more than anything to build the resilience to, to come back at it. I'm also a great believer in holidays. Yes, yeah, I really am. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, often holidays, you know, when you're a CEO of a business, they often require you to make a phone call or jump on a Zoom call or whatever. But actually, you know, making sure that you've built in enough time to really switch off and uh, get some headspace, I think, is is super important. Mm. And. God, it sounds like you have really been on a journey with pressure since the age of nine, Julie. You know, you've sort of like taken it as, oh, that's interesting. What can I do with that? That's interesting. What it doesn't sound like there's anything that has. So I've had some conversations with people where the pressure's been so great that it has knocked them off, but the lesson within that has enabled them to get back on and move forward. In this story, it sounds like it's been a slow increase of understanding around the positive sides of pressure that has got you to where you have got to. And even with you know, the extraordinary situation of your parents dying within three days of one another, everything that you had put into action up to that point seemed to help you deal with that massive tragedy in a, in a very sort of nucleus part of, you know, in part of one week. Would you say that's a fair description of your journey with pressure? I think in, in general, <clears throat> it's been positive. I have had, um, a, you know, a period in my life where book pressure has been too much and I've had to walk away and it has been negative pressure. Mm -hmm. um, that has not been a force for good. And that, and I, and I recognize in that, that is where I have downward pressure on me from, from someone else, mm -hmm. a boss, uh, and I don't align with the, the values um, or what's being asked of me. So I don't believe in what's being asked of me. So it either doesn't uh, align with my values or I don't think it's the right thing to do for the business or the people. And that, for me is negative pressure that I find much more difficult to deal with because it is somebody else's pressure on me that, you know, if, if it's, if we're aligned, great, bring it on, off I go, let's do this together. There's an outcome that I can see that I think is positive and good and right. When I think the outcome is not right and I am pressurized to move in a direction that I don't believe in, that I have found very, very difficult. And the, and the only way I was able to deal with that was to, to, to walk away mm. um, and walk away from something I loved 
and I and I made a decision. I, I literally made a decision between a job I loved that was going to be have a really significant financial outcome for me or my sanity. And I chose sanity, and I'm very glad I chose sanity. Um, and actually, I had a coach at the time who said to me, you know, Julie, what's the worst that could happen? And I'm going, well, I'm going to be fired. That's the worst that could happen. And, you know, this is going to happen. And, and she said, so what if you're fired? What's the worst that can happen? What, what, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think you're never going to get another job? Or, um, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think? You know, do you think you're going to be on the streets? Or do you think everybody's going to hate you? Or what's the worst that can happen? And it's such a brilliant question. Mm. Um, and it's 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 one of the things I would pay forward is you know if you ask yourself what's the worst that can happen you stare into the eyes of that and go well actually it's probably not that bad or well if that did happen I could do this and that question that she asked me gave me the strength to walk away gave me the uh-huh. strength to say I'm not the right CEO for you you know I'm I'm not the right person for this job anymore because you need a different person than me. Um, and I think I have never allowed myself to get in that situation since where I'm in a position that the downward pressure on me does not fit with my beliefs or my values. And I think lots of people find themselves in that situation. I agree. And it's unbelievably toxic and uncomfortable. And, you know, it had a, it had a pretty bad toll on me physically and mentally and I remember when I told my mum that um I'd I was leaving the job and she went oh I'm so pleased because you've looked so awful for such a long time I was like thanks mum um but you know nobody had said anything to me when I left you know loads of people said to me oh you know thank god you've left now because you know we thought you didn't like us anymore we haven't seen you for two years or Mm. or whatever um and sometimes it takes sort of stepping away and looking back and going, okay, I'm not doing that again. In the first part of this conversation, Julie described pressure as a relatively positive force that she actively places on herself to improve. What she's talking about here echoes many conversations I've had with people. The pressure felt when expected to go in a direction that doesn't align with your values or that you don't believe will work. Over time, with little opportunity to influence or impact the outcome, this has the capacity to deplete our energy and our confidence in our own ability to turn pressure into a force for better. For Julie, the question, what's the worst that can happen, widened her perspective and gave her strength to realistically explore the options and to ultimately walk away. The key is remembering that we all have a choice and knowing when to make it. And, and in hindsight, would you, do you wish you'd done it sooner? I mean, what, what did you put up with for too long? Um, I mean, I, in some ways, I wish I'd done it sooner because I think I probably got to the point where I was then, I was losing myself. I was kind of becoming a leader that I didn't, type of leader that I didn't really want to be. Um, and you know, my, my kind of relationships around me were, were breaking down because I was so conflicted internally around trying to do a great job, but actually sort of not believing in, in what I was being asked to do. Yeah. So I think for the sake of my sort of mental and physical health, I probably should have left earlier. Uh, having said that, 
I probably learnt more in those years in that job than I've learned in any other. And a huge amount of what I've learned has served me incredibly well. I mean, I learned loads about business. I travelled the world. Um, you know, I, I was really pushed incredibly hard. And, you know, and when, when I left, the person I worked for said, you know, I pushed you that hard because I thought you were really good and that you, I wanted you to be as good as you could be. Now, it didn't feel like that at yeah. the time. Um, but, but, you know, looking back, a lot of what I've learned, good and bad, has served me well. And boy, did I work out what type of leader I didn't want to be. Yeah, I'm sure. In that instance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I probably should have walked away uh, a bit sooner, to be honest. So you you hinted in that response, Julie, your first pay forward um, in terms of if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I really would love to learn to be better under pressure. You said something in there around um, look in the eyes of what's the worst that can happen. So should we go into that? What would be your two pay forwards to people listening who want to be better under pressure? So I think, I think that would be one. I mean, it's such a good question. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen, really? Um, you know, and when you think of all the catastrophic things that are going on in the world at the yes. moment, context can be everything, actually. Sort of putting what you are going through or what you're feeling in that moment or what you're facing into, into wider context. Sometimes you go, okay, you know, look at all this stuff that's going on in the world. I can, you know... I can do this. This is this is nothing compared to what some other people are dealing with, and, yes. and what's the worst that can happen. And also, for me, asking myself what's the worst that can happen helps me to think about the resources I need or the tactics I need to deploy mm-hmm. um, to not get to what's the worst that can happen. Actually, so it's quite it's quite clarifying sometimes to ask that question. So I de- I would definitely encourage people to to do that. I think I think the other thing which I I've also touched on is that you know everyone feels pressure mm-hmm. and so it, you know it there's no embarrassment around feeling pressure and you can choose how to respond to it and how to use it to your advantage and I think that's about finding what works for you so yeah. you know that might be making a plan that might be writing stuff down it might be going for a run it might be putting your feet on the ground breathing <laughs> yeah combination of of several things but you know consciously taking action to manage pressure and releasing the pressure valve um, is really important and and saying it out loud you know I'm feeling the pressure on this um, you know that old adage of a problem shared is a problem halved I think is is true so yes you know don't I think, you know, don't be embarrassed or ashamed about pressure. Use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And I think that, that the key word in there for me was that that, that perspective of sense of putting your pressure in a bigger context. Um, and then you said moving it into action. You know, what can what actually reminding yourself that you have some agency in this feeling um, is, is a tough thing to do sometimes, but actually can be the release of that and you know I'm absolutely with you I, I I totally believe I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing this podcast under better under pressure if I didn't believe that actually I think you know I've, I've seen I've witnessed myself I've, I've worked with too many people who actually when they have a strategy or they have a practice that takes them through those moments they are always better 
Mm. Um, and even when I used to teach, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing students who thought they couldn't do something and the pressure was too great to even try. And then when they did, the, the sort of illumination on their face uh, around themselves, a bit like you were describing as a nine-year-old, you know, reading something out and feeling so good about the fact that you had done that, it's, it's sort of captivating and it can be incredibly galvanizing to just keep, keep growing um, through the pain, right? Yeah. And, or, the, or the discomfort or something. Which is strangely addictive as well. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And so, so much so that, I mean, I'm, I you know, wanted to return back off to your point right at the very beginning about, I need to have a certain amount of pressure to feel like, I can't remember what your exact words are, but you know, when you step away from this extreme pressure that you're in right now, Julie, as a business, but you know, and as what you're dealing with, um, how, I mean, I'm sort of listening to you thinking, what are you gonna do then? You know, what are you gonna do when it's all like karma? How do you, how will you, how do you create that pressure for yourself in a positive way? Well, I think, you know, we're, we're coming out the other side of what's been a, a very, difficult situation in the business and having to, to close part of our, our business down. And, and I'm very conscious that we've put, you know, we've put an enormous amount of pressure on the business and on the people in the business and taken them through an incredibly challenging time. And both for, for me and my leadership team. And then, you know, when you, when you go off that, come off that sort of heightened mm. sense of challenge and difficulty where people are kind of on high alert and adrenaline running and, you know, feeling, you know, feeling pressure across the whole business. When you come down from that, if you're not careful, actually what you get is a kind of like, Ugh. yeah, uh, and paralysis sometimes. Um, and so for me, that's about, okay, what's next? And so very consciously, and I'm, and I'm doing it right now with the business, mm. very consciously, what are we doing? What are we doing now? So what's our plan? What are the key things we're going to achieve? How are we celebrating? Let's talk about them and building back the momentum so that you've still got that pressure and you've still got, you know, you're, you're still galvanized, but it's around a kind of positive outcome because, yes. you know, what we've been through has been tough and challenging and, and you know, people have been a kind of in, and as I say, this sort of state of high anxiety, but the worst thing you can do is take the pressure off and everyone deflates like a balloon. Yeah. You know, we've got to pump that, beautiful balloon up to be a sort of lovely shiny glossy uh sort of wonderful happy thing um that can fly high right yeah. so it's about you know getting ourselves back into a, a positive place and uh, applying the, the sort of the pressure that will get us there in a good way which is yeah. a goal over here let's run at it as fast as we possibly can and get there yeah uh, so I, I think that's what that's what has got me through this difficult period. Um, and I think it's what's now getting my team and, and the rest of the organization through is to be able to have something really good to aim for. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And, you know, and Fabulous, Julie. Thank you so much. So many gems in there. Well, thank you. It's great to talk to you. Um, total pleasure. Relieving and, um, pressure. Sorry to say again. It's relieving the pressure just talking to you. <laughs> Great. But you know, that's such a good point, isn't it? Actually, I, I, I mean, it's a simple thing. 
But it's the thing that I've really noticed, particularly in the last two to three weeks, is just the space to talk. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a hugely underestimated. I think it's sort of in a way it's, it's the it's the other side of your there's a shiny goal. Let's go after it. It's that it's that dance that dance that goes between the two of those things, I think. Um, and what I'm noticing with some of the teams and coming out of hybrid and coming back in a room together and then some of them have never even met each other. And yet they've been working together in a hybrid, you know, in a virtual fashion for sort of 18 months or so. Just that sort of opportunity to have space uh, to talk and and no real clear set sort of finish to that is is um, is relieving. Yeah. is clarifying, is nourishing in a way that then I think then sets you up to say, okay. <laughs> and, I, and I'm hearing from in your conversation, you know, that the skill that, you, that you're sharing there of a leader is that balance between enough time to talk and really decompress and understand where everyone is and how then do you move people forward so that they're galvanized and excited about the next opportunity and don't become deflated or as somebody described to me yesterday a wrung out tea bag which I thought was a fantastic way of describing how they were feeling <laughs> you know so I, I just sort of want to uh really celebrate that that thing you just said there around you know god just have a bit of space to talk and yeah and I think you're right you know sort of the the joy of coming back into offices, you know, one or two days a week or however long it is, actually you, that human connection where people do talk and, you know, they're not just talking about the thing that they're trying to do from a work perspective, but they're talking around it. They're talking about their lives, talking about their kids. They're having a laugh. Yeah. You know, and, and then you see them, you know, leaping back into doing whatever they need to do from a work perspective with just greater energy. Yeah. And... and perspective um you know and it's it, it makes such a difference I mean I, I I literally watch it in the office uh, and and see it and see these brilliant people who've been through so much you know just kind of getting on with it and being incredibly resilient together yes you know, energy from each other together yes and you know sometimes adversity and pressure kind of really helps you do your best work and helps you form your best relationships too um so i think you know there's there's whilst it can be tough and at the time you kind of really wish you weren't going through it i think there's you know it, again it comes back to mindset doesn't it how you choose to take that experience and, and move it on uh, what a great place to stop thank you thank you julie pleasure great to talk to you as always Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Better Under Pressure with me, Sarah Milne-Rowe. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and let us know what you found useful or what you'd like to know more about. Our aim is to share as many examples as possible of what people do to manage pressure for better. If you're interested in any of the practices mentioned, check out my book, The Shed Method. Alternatively, you can find us at Coaching Impact or me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Better Under Pressure was produced by the fab team at Smart Cookie Media. Thanks so much for listening and until next time, goodbye.